Yes, it is indeed Monday, and it's later in the day, it's the afternoon. And why is that, you may ask? Well, if you were paying attention last week, you will know that myself and the wonderful Beck went off for our annual retreat, where we go and watch some musical fireworks. And that is exactly what it sounds. It's fireworks set to music. So if you can imagine, like, that sort of stuff. And it's a dead good event, and we go every year, and we figured out it's our ninth consecutive year, COVID apart. And, um, yeah, it's always dead fun. They're on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Southport for the British Musical Firework Championships. And, um, sadly, Sunday, the last night, was cancelled due to high winds. And we only found out about five o'clock, which led to a rather... Because you might have remembered, or you might not have remembered, but I did say... I normally put out a Patreon on a Sunday, a paranormal Patreon, um, and I said, it'll come out on Monday, meaning today, because we'll record it in the Haunted Hotel. And we just got the news that the night's event was cancelled just before recording what turned out to be a rather downbeat paranormal Patreon. However, we did mess around with some apps, tried to speak to the dead, and I also bought a mahoosive spell book with over 5,000 spells. So we had a little look through that too. Now, from my perspective, I'm all set for the autumn now. I'm all set for Halloween because I, for me, the musical fireworks signify the start of autumn. You know what I mean? Because fireworks can only be seen in the darkness. Therefore, when they choose to put that event on, means the late night and the dark nights are drawing well and truly in. So I think we should all start to get a little bit more excited for the upcoming spooky month ahead. It's a fantastic time for podcasts. I don't mean this show. This show will carry on as normal. We always do the paranormal and ghosty things. But I love this time of year because shows that wouldn't normally do paranormal content do paranormal content. And I'm not one of the, I used to be one of those that I was like, I used to treat it like, you know, the way people who go to the gym um, and in New Year, and the, after everyone's made the resolutions, the gyms are packed and everyone who goes to the gym every week are like, oh God, all the once a year crowd are in. I used to think like that about podcasts doing paranormal content around Halloween. And then I realized as a podcast listener, you have hours worth of content. In fact, you know what? Genuinely, truthfully, haven't done this show for about four or five years now. I actually see a dip in downloads over Halloween. You'd think it'd be the other way around. But I think it's because everyone at the market is saturated for the next month. And I'm all for it because we all just love more paranormal stuff. We will cream the top off this beautiful paranormal pile. And we will all be just, you know, drowning within ghost stories for the next month. Hooray! So it is a good thing. Let's all enjoy it. So what have we got for you today in our penultimate October edition? Well, is that what you'd call it? The last show before October? Yeah, I guess so. The penultimate October edition. Well, we have all the usual stuff. We've got your wonderful true paranormal tales, which I'm going to read out back to you. Yes, I will. We're going to do a paranormal review, of course, because that's what we like to do too. And finally, we'll take a visit over to Reddit Corner with the wonderful Becca, who will once again read us the terrifying tales from that website known as Reddit. Yes. So, an average show, if I'm being honest, but it should be good and funny in parts too, hopefully. Anyway, before we do any of that, we need to say a big wonderful thank you to our Patreon supporters over, of course, on Patreon. 
When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you support this small little show, you also get me singing your name as a thank you. And who doesn't want that? Everyone, you shout as I hit the microphone with my thumb. But not only that, you also get two extra shows each and every week. You get one where I ramble about anything and everything, try to make it funny, or sometimes just have a bit of a rant. And on a Sunday, we do a paranormal Patreon, which we did, as I say, from the hotel known as the Prince of Wales in Southport, built in 1870-odd, and replacing a former hotel called the Union Inn. Yes. And it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really selling this, am I? But we have a laugh, is what I'm trying to say. Or we try to have a laugh. So, let's see who's joined our wonderful team of Patreons this week. We have four wonderful new Patreons today. We have Angela Miles, Christine Emmett, Camille Lebronte, what a lovely name, and Molly Bradshaw. And we're going to do this song, I think, in the style of my... Fellow Hytonians, yes, the little village of Hyton where I'm from, the Lars, yes, let's do it like that. Scouse jangly acoustic rock, let's go. Ooh. Angela Miles, Christine Emmett, Camilla Bronte, and Molly Bradshaw signed up to Patron. And I just wanna say thank you. Ended it on a seven. That was an E7 for those keeping score. Thank you guys, and don't forget if you want to join the team, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Anyway, I've had far too much coffee. Let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Hooray, it's time for a paranormal review, where I review the paranormal so you don't have to. And I think our Patreons will definitely know what our review is going to be this week. Basically, whilst we were away watching fireworks go whiz-bang, I bought a book, and I bought a spell book. Yes, I did, and I'm going to review it. It's called The Encyclopedia of 5,000 Spells, and it's massive. It's over a 1,000 pages long. Now, it was 35 quid. But if you break that down price per spell, it's a bargain, as Becca said, which made me actually get it. Now, why I'm going to say this is an amazing book, and it is an amazing book, is because I first picked it up in Waterstones, right, and had a little look through it. And I thought, I bet you this is all going to be them stupid spells. Like, if you want to find out what your true love's name is, eat an apple, and then throw your apple core into the fire, and it will crack the letter of the alpha and all that shite. And I thought, I don't want to pay 35 quid for that. But the page I turned to, right, said, here's how you conjure a demon. And I was like, hello. And then it said, if you can't see the demon, get onto this. It says, if you can't see the demon, we suggest that you get a cat's placenta from a newly... Was it a placenta? Is that the thing that comes out when you give birth? I think it was. Get a cat's placenta from a newly birthed black cat and cook it up and then burn it so it's ash and then rub the ashes in your eyes and that will allow you to see demons. And I thought, this book's for me. I'm taking this to Till immediately. Not that I intend on doing that. Where would you even get one of those from? I mean, obviously, a cattery, I imagine. But I'm not going to do it. But also, I do think, like I said, when I read this out on the Patreon, I said, if you've got to the point in life where you're making dust from a placenta of a cat and you're rubbing it into your eyes, chances are you hear voices anyway. So, you know, seeing things is probably not that far of a stretch. But my point is, is that it's not like 
it's not little like schoolyard spells, you know, like run around in a circle and whoever fancies you will be the first person you see. Oh no, no, no. This is like dark stuff. A lot of it's dark anyway. And there's, as I say, over 5,000 spells. I haven't read them all because I'm not Rain Man. But what I will say is that this book scares me. Now, you will know from the past that Becca has previously denied me getting a Ouija board into the house. And the reason for that is not because she believes it's going to bring a curse or anything like that. She just thinks, you know, that I've got a very, um, what would you say, a very energetic imagination. And I would stop believing that things are there that aren't there, basically. But what she doesn't realise is that this book of a thousand spells, 5,000 spells, Kevin, get it right, is, in my mind, 12 times more petrifying. I don't know why 12. 12 times more petrifying than having a Ouija board on the premises. Because with a Ouija board, I'd try it once or twice and go, oh, that was terrifying, and put it away. With a book with never-ending spells in it, you know, when I start suggesting to her that we maybe go and find some pregnant cats, I think then she will start to worry. So thus far, I can't really give it a rating, but I will say I am deeply excited by the fact that I own such a book. Now, listeners to the show for a while will know that I've gone on record to say that only twice in my life have I ever attempted a magical spell. And when I say a magical spell, I mean, you know, doing it the way it's written out, where it says do this and do the other. And it wasn't for something like a unicorn to appear. It was for stuff in life, which you could argue took place because I changed my behaviours, is what I mean. But both times they worked. Right. And that's why I'm slightly anxious, slightly excited about this book. So, you know, if the next time, if over the next few weeks or the next few podcasts, it appears I've grew wings, horns, and I'm sitting on a pot of gold, then by all means, go and buy the book. Then it's going to be two thumbs up to the sky. But right now, I cannot give it such a rating. I will say I'm excited to have it because it's very rare. In fact, I think it's only been maybe once before in my life have I bought a book. And when I've bought the book, I've thought I'm a little bit intimidated that I own this book because it feels rather dark. And the last time I'd done that was when I bought the, um, I'm looking at it now, what's it called? The Book of the Sacred Magic of Abramel and the Mage. When I bought that, I thought, I know this is dark because I've read Alistair Crowley's used it. And I was a bit anxious when I bought that. And it's now just in a bookshelf. And I'm sure this one will be too. But it'll be weighing down the bookshelf because it's a monster of a tome. So there you go. Can't give a review on it thus, thus far. But who knows, with Halloween coming up, Maybe we'll do a spell or two on the show. We probably won't, because that will be terrifying. Anyway, there we go. Can't give a review. Neither thumbs up nor down. Just a quite intimidating book. <laughs> Hooray! It's time for my favourite part of the show, where I get to read out your true paranormal experiences. Now, you may recall a few weeks ago, I gave a shout-out to say, if you've sent in a story and have not yet read it out, it might have been lost so therefore, remind me and I'll root it out. And somebody's done that. Aiden's done that. And we're going to get to Aiden's story shortly. But one that I quickly wanted to read out prior has come in very recently. And there's a reason that I want to read this out. So I'm going to read it out. Because, you know, that's the point of the show. Hi there. This is from Haley. Hi, Haley. New listener here. Good. Thought I would share the one and only time something genuinely paranormal and in brackets and totally, utterly unexplainable and we'll see about that, Haley. We'll see about that. That's why I want to read it out. Has happened to me. Bonus is that it features the inimitably nutty Mr. Yori Geller. And those who follow on Instagram may have noticed um, or may have seen that me and Becca are now citizens 
of the island owned by Yuri Geller. You can basically pay a pound and become a resident of the Isle of Lamb. And me and Becca, I got it as a gift. She didn't really like the gift. And I'm not surprised because what the frig? But yeah, we're now residents of Yuri Geller's land. Anyway, Haley writes, rewind to the late 90s. I was about 10, I'd say. And you know what? The reason why I'm reading this out, Haley, because so was I. I'm of the age you are. And I recall this entire thing. And I done the same. And that's what I want to... I'll speak to it more at the end. But anyway. Yuri Geller was on Saturday Night TV doing the old bendy spoony stick. However, in a bid to prove to viewers at home that his skills are real and not just TV trickery, he invited anyone watching to take part in a live experiment. He instructed viewers to go grab anything broken in your house, which I duly did. On top of the TV was a carriage clock that hadn't turned in years. My parents kept it for sentimental reasons, but we all knew it to be a dud. Anyway, Yuri told us to hold it, close your eyes and imagine it working. He was in the studio sending out his magic vibes to help us along. And the... There's full stops in between this, by the way. And the bloody clock only went and started spinning. I sound like a Dalek then. Really, in my own two hands, in front of my own two eyes, it worked non-stop for about a year after that. Needless to say, I crapped my pants and then gave the clock a very bloody wide berth from then on, believing it to be a focal point for some ghostly goings-on that I did not want to be a part of. Any ideas about how this truly mental occurrence might have actually happened? Best, Haley in brackets, the clock whisperer. I love that, Haley. Well done. And thank you so much for getting in touch. Anyway, I too recall that very same TV appearance by Mr. Yuri Geller. Because, like you all know, I've been into this shtick since it was like, since I could walk, basically. Always been into the weird and the wonderful. So therefore, when I seen that Yuri Geller was going to be on TV, I made sure that the parents allowed me to just sit and watch it. And I've done the same thing. He goes, okay, now listen to me. This is a terrible impersonation. I hope it's not racist. But anyway, listen to me. Go and find something which is broken and hold it in your hands and say, work, work. So I did, and we had a watch, right? That was my granddad's watch that was in my dad's drawer that hadn't worked in years. And I went and done it, and just like you, Haley, it came to life, right? It only lasted about maybe five minutes, but it ticked, it started ticking. And oh my God, as a 10-year-old child, like you, I sincerely believed that Yuri Geller had been given a bad rep all his days, and he was this wonderful warlock of our times. And then in later life, somebody wrote a wonderful article. I can't find it. I've searched for it. But somebody wrote a wonderful article about this particular trick that Yuri Geller does, right? Now, what it is, in truth, there's no magic involved. Sadly, a lot of these items that have been left in a static position, um, such as in a drawer on top of the TV for so long, they, they just kind of naturally hit a sort of freeze point, if you will. When you pick them up, and you shake them, and the warmth of your hand can trigger the mechanism starting to work, or the very movement of picking it up can trigger, it can knock, let's say for example, it was a slight buildup of dust that stopped a very fragile tick, because if I remember rightly, he also said, wind it up, you know, maybe not like that, but you know, he said, wind it up and hold it and tell it to work, make sure this item did never work before you've picked it up, so you had to wind it, you had to do certain things with it, I'm pretty sure, he might have even said blow, if I remember rightly. But the warmth of your hand, basically this guy in the article or this lady in the article was saying, if you go and try that now, 
with like three broken items in your house, two of them will work without Yuri Geller's divine intervention. So, Haley, I'm completely with you in the fact that, and I'm really sorry if this like shatters some childhood amazing memory. Believe me, the paranormal still exists. That's why I do the show. But this is, you know, at the same time, fair play, um, Yuri Geller. For all we know, you might not have found the podcast or have held a long-standing interest in the paranormal, if not for this moment in your life. So therefore, let's never poo-poo, Mr. Geller. I mean, I can't anyway. He owns the island that I virtually live on. But yeah, sadly, there is another explanation for it. And it is, you know, just physics, really. Sad but true. But thank you so much for getting in touch, Haley, And thank you for reminding me of a wonderful time in my childhood when I, too, thought that he was a wizard. Anyway, now let's get to Aiden's story, because Aiden emailed in to say, Hi, Kev, you did say that, you know, if, if you've sent a story in, you've not read it out, give you a nudge. Here's the nudge. So this is Aiden's long-lost paranormal email. G'day, Kevin. I wonder where Aiden's from. My name's Aiden, and I'm from Newcastle in England. Oh, no, I'm joking. He said, I'm a relatively new listener, although this was December 2021, um, from Australia. I've been binge listening to all of your dark paranormal videos within the last two to three weeks, and I've got one myself that would be amazing if you could put it into one of your episodes. It's not particularly long, but terrifying nonetheless. Just to say that Aiden did say he sent it to the dark paranormal email address, but would be more than happy for it to be read out on We Need to Talk About Ghosts. And that's what we're going to do. So this is Aiden's story. So, my experience all happened when I was a teenager. My mother and father divorced when I was only six months old, and my elder brother was two. So up until my brother was 12, at which point he went to live with my dad, my mother raised us both on her own, with very minimal help from her partner. Growing up, we were always told that our home was built on Aboriginal burial ground, and my brother and I could always hear slight things. Nothing to concern ourselves with too much, but just the occasional strange noise, like banging on the wall and slamming of doors. We'd always grown up around cats being in the house and, to this day, still live with a number of cats. Currently, we have four between myself and my mother. Anyways, because of this, it wasn't uncommon for us to hear banging and noises akin to running around the house and always chalked it up to the cats getting up to no good. Around the age of 15, I started getting horrifying nightmares ones of my friends and family members all being killed in, well, let's just say very gruesome ways. This began to disturb me, and I told my mum, who in a very stern tone, blamed it on my vivid imagination and my love of horror movies and heavy metal music, something she didn't like very much at all. I had to admit, I do have an avid love of horror stories and horror movies and heavy metal, so I figured she may have been right and it's all the horror movies getting stuck in my mind and, for lack of a better term, taking their toll on me. After all, I was only 15 years old. I decided to boycott horror movies for a while and replace them with the light-hearted comedies starring the likes of Jack Black or Adam Sandler. However, the nightmares didn't cease. I felt as though if I was to tell my sceptical mother, she would, once more brush it off as my imagination so I kept it mainly to myself only telling a select few of my closest friends a few months later I began hearing things of a night time 
banging noises coming from my bedroom when no cats or other people were in my room. Footsteps running down the hallways in the middle of the night, things of that nature. The thing is, it's easy to chalk all these things up as cats going crazy in the middle of the night. But if you've ever owned a cat and heard what it sounds like when they run up and down the hallways, you would know that there's definitely a distinct difference between the sound of a cat and the sound of a human running down the hallway. And that's what I would hear. Thump, 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 thump. Heavy human footsteps. I would hear this for hours on end, and the further it went on, the more common the occurrence happened. Until it was a nightly thing for me to be sitting up in bed at 2am, just waiting for the moment I would hear the footsteps. And, rest assured, every night they would come. I was hesitant to mention this to my mother because of her past scepticism and for a short while I kept it to myself. Besides, my mother's a heavy sleeper and didn't seemingly notice anything strange happening, so I also didn't want to worry her. Eventually, I'd had enough and decided to tell my mum of what I hear every night, fully expecting her to laugh it off and tell me to stop watching horror movies. But no, she looks at me straight-faced and says, So you hear it too. At that very moment, I felt a chill go down my spine. Never in my life did I expect her to validate what I've been hearing every night. Things would just get worse from here, as it would become ever clear that whatever was here, banging on the walls and doors and running up and down the hallway, it made a home in my bedroom wardrobe and had grown a disturbing interest in me. In the coming months, I would continue to hear nightly footsteps, but now I would hear banging and scratching noises from inside my wardrobe. I would just be lying awake at 2am, expecting to hear the footsteps, and instead I would hear scratch, scratch, bang, inside my wardrobe. It was never incredibly loud, but definitely loud enough for me to hear, and loud enough to terrify me. This inevitably evolved into footsteps in my own room, shadows on the walls where shadows shouldn't be. These shadows were even in shapes and figures different to myself and my mother, the only people living in the house. I would see and hear things every night, and it was always centred around my bedroom, and particular, my wardrobe. On one particularly scary night, I'd gone to bed at 8.30pm, as I had school the next morning, and my mother was sitting in the lounge room watching her TV shows. It had just gone 10.30, and mum could hear some strange noises coming from my bedroom, rustling and banging noises. So she goes to investigate, and potentially reprimand me for being up after bedtime. She walks into my room, and sees me standing in front of my wardrobe, with the doors wide open. Aiden, what in God's name are you doing? She exclaims. I looked at her with a straight face, eyes wide open, and said, He's in there, Mum. The man is in my wardrobe. What? exclaimed Mum in a panicked voice, expecting there to actually be an intruder in our home. She rushed over to me and looked, but nothing. He's in there, Mum. The man's in there, I say again. Sweetie, nobody's in there, my mum says in a calm voice as she guides me back to bed and tucks me in. 
The next morning, she pulls me up on the previous night, asking, What were you doing last night? What do you mean? I ask her, confused. Last night, you were standing by your wardrobe, telling me that there was a man in there. What? Really? I don't remember a thing. These sleepwalking incidents became more and more of a regular thing, with me being fixated on the man in my wardrobe. A few nights later, and I'm woken up by yet another nightmare. I notice that I've woken up to silence. No footsteps, no banging or scratching. That is, until I heard it. A woman's voice, calling out my name. I got up out of bed, expecting it to be my mum, but she's not there. I go and wake my mum up to interrogate her about it, and just get a confused look in reply. And a scolding for waking her up at such an early hour. I decided to go back to bed, thinking nothing more of it, and didn't happen to hear anything else for the rest of the night. A few weeks passed and the activity in the house seemed to cease, but I was still experiencing vivid nightmares. But as far as activity in the house, there was nothing, until one night. I woke up at a pure random time on this night, not due to a nightmare or any other specific reason, but I was awake nonetheless, and was trying to go back asleep. And that's when I heard it. First, a woman's voice calling from down the hallway, calling my name. I ignored it, and then a deep, guttural growl right next to my bed, next to my face, followed by the very same deep growling, saying my name. I jumped out of bed and screamed for my mum, terrified and in hysterics. Mum comes running in and consoles me, and eventually I fall back asleep. But the rest of that night was full of nightmares, and I remember waking up the following morning, feeling a stinging sensation in my chest. I didn't think too much of it until I went to have a shower and found a perfectly formed X scratched into my chest. A million and one thoughts ran through my mind, but I tried to remain rational and tell myself that it was probably one of the cats, but overnight? And a perfectly formed X shape in the centre of my chest? Without me even noticing? What are the odds of that? I knew how unlikely that scenario was. My best friends at the time had very religious parents, and upon hearing about this, they suggested we hang some religious paraphernalia around the house, and particularly inside the wardrobe. Whatever this thing was, it did not like that. I was at my best friend's place one night for a sleepover, as she only lived a ten-minute walk away from me, and suddenly her mum gets a frantic phone call by my mother. She's in hysterics, screaming about something trying to kill her. My best friend's mum calms her down to a point she's able to explain what's going on. Apparently my mum was just sitting at home, enjoying her one child-free night, when she felt an overpowering force come over her. She apparently heard voices in her head, telling her to take a knife and use it on herself. It had gotten to the point where she actually grabbed a knife from the kitchen drawer. She, of course, resisted this overpowering force the best she could, and started praying to herself. 
Inevitably, the force disappeared and my mum fell to her knees in tears. We decided it was time to do something, have some sort of intervention, and my best friend's parents put us in touch with the local priest, who suggested we allow him to come over and bless the home. We of course allowed it, and he came over the following day. I'd love to end the story with one big climatic battle between us and this thing to save our home. But since having the home blessed, we haven't really had many experiences. My dreams have disappeared, and the noises and shadows disappeared also for the most part. I would only hear the occasional bang, but ever since, my wardrobe has still remained the coldest place in the house. And to this day, I feel something may just be there. I feel like whatever this is, is laying dormant and is far from gone. This is my story, Kev. It honestly terrifies me just thinking about what happened, and the thought that it could still be here and not gone terrifies me even more. We still live in the same place as we've always been on the border of the poverty line, so we haven't had much chance to move. But I'm currently trying to get out on my own with my partner. Hopefully, we don't find another haunted house. Wow. There you go, Aiden. That is fantastic. Thank you very much for getting back in touch and hearing my call to arms and saying, you know, if I haven't read your story out, please let me know. Because that unbelievable tale was just sat in my inbox, a wallowing. So thank you. I'm so glad we got to it. That's just utter terrifying. Utter terrifying. See, my one piece of advice, I think we all know what I'm going to say, is to get a priest in, get two priests in really, a very engage. But you've done that and you still think it's there. So I'll put it out there to the listeners. What do you guys think Aiden should do? Do let us know. Contact at talkaboutghosts.com. And if we get any good ones, I'll read them out on the show. Yes, I shall. Anyway, it also, yeah, if you've got a good story, no, it doesn't have to be good, terrifying will do, email it over to the same email address, contact at talkaboutghosts.com. Now, it's that time in proceedings. Bit of a long episode, this, isn't it? Anyway, all for the better. Let's pop over to that darkened corner in the kitchen where I talk to Becca about ghosts that are happening on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for Paranormal Reddit Corner with Becca. And so, everyone, welcome to Reddit Corner. I don't do the introductions. You do the re- introductions. Yeah, I really know what you're playing at. I know. So we're fresh back from our firework weekend. That's why this episode's out a little bit later than usual. Our Patreons will have just heard us really failing to communicate with the dead in the hotel. <laughs> and um, then discussing spells that we may choose to do. Not necessarily on one another, but you know. Anyway, how are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. Are you going to welcome people? Oh, well, wait until you do the story, I suppose. Yeah, I've done this before. I know, you're not new to this, are you? Yeah, you no. own this corner. Yeah, this is my corner, so... So our it's little... mansplaining my corner, I know, and we're both a bit enamoured with our little kitten at the minute, aren't we? The yeah. neighbour's cat, because she's obviously been very well looked after by a pet sitter for the last few days. And it turns out the pet sitter in question who we got used to look after cats in this very house like 30 years ago, wasn't it? Or 20 years ago? Yeah. Um, and she's yeah, she ve- actually knows the house. She's one, she's very happy to see us. <laughs> Two, we managed to buy the most... <laughs> p- What's to do, princess? What do you mean? What's, What's the matter? What's to do? Oh, poor sis. Do you want to go and check why she's meowing? Because she doesn't meow. 
quick pause there. She was meowing, but she's just vocal, isn't she? Yeah, I think she wants to go out. Okay, well, I'll take it out. You can take it out. After we've little, done Red Corner. On a little harness. Yeah, but she's been missing us. Anyway, we've got the most powerful catnip. Yeah, this little um, toy. This little toy. She literally flopped as soon as she got it and started going absolutely banana. And she's on it again now. <laughs> she's back, she loves it. She absolutely loves it. It's like one of those little ones that you bat, but it's really strong. And she's playing with it and rolling it. She's like rolling a face in it and things. Yeah, she won't want to go out after playing that. She'd be knackered. Kev hoped. Um, anyway, so yeah, we the fireworks were cancelled on the Sunday, wasn't they? On the Sunday, yeah. So we got we had our two displays on the Friday. We had our three displays on yeah. the Saturday, and very sadly, the Sunday was cancelled. Yeah. But um, I took it like a champ, didn't I? Didn't you did. Even, you didn't cry. Didn't none. even cry. Yeah, no tears. Yeah, I just um, had to instead, take you to, for a very expensive meal, didn't I? Yeah, to, it's to, to soften the blow. A lovely meal. Yeah. 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 That's. I mean, that's how I was going to phrase it. A lovely meal. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, you went the one paying. Um, <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. It was lovely. It was a very nice meal. Anyway, none of this is paranormal, mm-hmm. and we're obviously heading towards Halloween. I always say that when we go and see the fireworks, that for me is the signal and the start of autumn then. Yeah, I agree. And ha- Halloween season. Yeah. And um, we're heading into Halloween now. Woohoo! Party for time! For me, it's still too a bit early to be heading into Halloween, but yeah, it's well, the start of are. autumn certainly for me. Well, October's literally at the end of this week. It's in a couple of days, in fact. Mm-hmm. And what better way to bring in the start of the Halloweening's Halloweening it's not the start of the Halloweening. Well, I think so. And I, who's you know who's pictures on the front of this podcast? The neighbour's cat. Fair enough. And the neighbour's cat agrees with me. It's time for the Halloweening. <laughs> um, so this is what we when I see chosen. This is it looks like the right size. Not read anything within it. Okay. Right. Good. So all a mystery. Yeah. All a mystery. Super. Okay. Welcome to Reddit Corner with Becca. There you go. The Back title- to usual. Don't start interrupting me. I'm not. Am I helping? I'm aiding? <laughs> you are not helping nor aiding. The title of this story is A Haunting in Eastern Texas from Early 2010. Well, that, that's really good. You know, can I just very quickly say before you go on though, I'm stirring a mushroom tea whilst we talk. It's not an illegal one. It's apparently very legal. and um, It's not very nice. And it's meant to give you quick synapses and make you witty. So let's see. Sorry. Yeah, it's not a miracle potion. It's not a miracle... Hey! <laughs> no, it's not a miracle cure by any, anything. No, anyway. It's not a magic potion. It's not magic. All right. Canal. Okay. Sorry, the witty one of the world there. WWW dot... I was going to full name you then, I won't. Carry on. Are you, are you quite done? Can See, I continue working, now? It? Well, it's clearly a rambling tea. Anyway, can, off you go. Can I continue now? You can. Right. It's more of a coffee. Oh my God, shut up. Let's begin. Let's begin. Not you. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning. I know, I'm here too. But go on, all right. I'm listening. We're all listening. Would you seriously shut up? <laughs> all right. Same. I've always had some kind of connection to the other side. Growing up, I saw shadows, heard things moving at night, etc. In college, I went to visit my birth mom and her new husband at his house in eastern Texas. This house, I learned, had been in his family for over a hundred years and had many deaths on the property. I was supposed to stay with them for a few nights and it ended up me only staying for one night because of the occurrences that took place. I learned that I was going to sleep on the couch that his ex-wife passed away on from cancer. His uncle died in a separate room and his grandmother hung herself in the adjacent barn. How did did they learn this? Like, I'm not being funny. If you went, let's say, for example, my dad married a new woman. Mm. Right, and moved into her house, yeah. And they went, You can sleep on the couch, okay. 
Now, how does the information go? Does she then go, that's where my ex-husband died of cancer? Ex-wife. I know, and I'm in my situation. Mm. Like, you know. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. It must well, let's find out. They, they, might say, they might say, when I said I didn't sleep, I was then informed. Mm. So go on. Let's find out. Multiple hauntings occurred in this house, including two demon children that would scratch my birth mother's legs at night, unmarked graves that their tractor tyres would fall into, the uncle would sit at the kitchen table drinking coffee, etc. They had a fire because an unplugged heater caught fire and burned down their bathroom. The night I stayed there still makes me nervous to think about. It was around midnight and I couldn't sleep. All of a sudden the power goes out and it's pitch black and completely silent. I have my phone and I'm getting what little light it is producing. It was early 2010. Fair enough. And notice the blanket hanging over the doorway is moving. Next I hear footsteps behind it. Yes, yeah, swerve that, seriously. I start freaking out and run past this down the hallway to their room. My birth mum comes out and goes to the room and notices the lights that the neighbours are on. And she says, you know they're just fucking with you, right? She opens the door and yells, turn the lights back on. And on they turned. I left the next day. Scariest experience I've had so far. That it? That's it. I mean, there's a lot to unpack in that. I mean, I, I, I don't. Want, I also don't want Reddit Corner to be me just going, ah, that's a load of shit. Because that's what it seems like it's turned into. And I don't want that because people are still submitting their alleged genuine experiences. Um, but I don't know. There's quite a bit to unpack in that. Yeah. So you write about, it does seem an unusual thing to for someone to turn up and instantly be given all of the deaths in the family and where these yeah. are placed. But I suppose if you were doing a tour of the house, you might say like proudly, you know, like oh, it's been in the family for generations. Yeah. There. And maybe you'd say, oh, it's like someone was born there. Someone dies here. You know, I don't know. It's a kind of... Yeah. And also like, you know, without being finickety, I, I know as much as anyone that the word demon is thrown around far too often. Mm. I'm guilty of it myself. So demon kids is like, do you mean like evil spirits of former children that live there as opposed to demon kids. Yeah, well, it doesn't mention any relation of the children. No, and also, like it's... Like I'm saying, the mother seems quite blasé, the birth mother, as she refers to her each time. seems quite blasé there. It's like, oh, they're fucking about with you. Yeah. So if she's not that arsed, why would she go, and on the dark, dark couch where the cancer victim well, died no in the living room um, where you hung from your it. neck? Just stop saying. Stop it. Um, but no one's... No one, she hasn't said that that's how it was presented. Like, ooh, maybe it might just be like, oh, yeah, like the uncle died there. And, uh, you know, she might have been dead casual with it. Yeah, like, it's true. Talk. I mean, it does sound utterly terrifying. And there, there is a, there's a certain quality to it um, that gives it an underlying air of authenticity, I do think. Okay. Um, yeah, and the uncle just sitting at the kitchen table drinking coffee. Like, I feel like we need a bit more around That's very that. apropos like, and often, isn't it? Is, is he dead? Is he a ghost? Is... No, he's, they've already said his uncle died in a separate room. Oh, okay. I mean, this could have been a different uncle. By all means, but I presume when it's talking about multiple hauntings, it means the uncle who died. Yeah. Um. But yet, like, did that? Did this person actually see the uncle sitting at the kitchen table drinking coffee, or did they just say? Yeah. Because like, it's quite a clear vision that isn't it to see him sat there drinking coffee. And also, um, you know, the tractor tried fallen into sunken graves. Convenient, that isn't it? I mean, I'm not, I don't mean convenient, but what I mean is, like, it could be moles. You know what I mean? That's making the ground uneven. That's why track the tires is fallen. Track the tires are falling into it mm. because it's a bit, it's a bit much that for just one sentence. You know, to say the tractor would fall into the sunken graves of the where the children were buried. Moving on. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm being far too cynical, and I shouldn't be because I run a fucking ghost podcast. 
pardon the French, but I do. I often find myself in that weird situation where I'm being dead cynical and then I remember that I literally make a living talking about the paranormal <laughs> and believe strongly in the paranormal, do you know what I mean? And yeah, but it's because you believe and because you, you do have the podcast that you have to have the integrity with it. You can't just believe everything you present no, that's with. that's true. So you do have to be, like, you know, quite staunch about it, don't you? So, yeah, and so I, do say, integrity. I, I do say there's an air of authenticity about that particular account. There mm. is something definitely within it that I can't put my finger on. Mm. And it's interesting, I was talking to another podcaster about this recently, that when you run a paranormal podcast, you receive so many stories, like literally like five or six per day, mm. That you do manage to, to get this, like, not a sixth sense. Don't want to sound like a proper tit about it. But you can tell authenticity from fake mm. very quickly. Okay, it's just in a quick scan of, a, of an email, do you know? Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting one. Okay, good. So, go on. Some comments. Anything um, worth, the, yeah, no, worth a carrot? So, someone said you should go back and get evidence. Get a ghost box and a camera. Um, what's a ghost box? A ghost box right, is like what we used in the hotel yesterday. So, it's like an app, basically. Oh, right. But, okay. but it's an app within its own standalone unit. Um, well, plot twist... Okay, kid. All right, princess. Um, he says, I wish I could, but they got a divorce. Um, they had put in their will when they were married that I was supposed to inherit this property, and I'm not sure if he changed the will when they divorced. Uh-huh. Um, All right, get oh, into okay. the little bit. Oh, we'll Can have you to just take her out. Yeah, we're going to thank. Well, there you go. We've had today's story. I've got to go and deal with this very demanding kid who <laughs> well, wants to go it. outside because she hasn't been outside in two days. If she wants to go outside, then she's going to It's a hard outside. life, isn't it, my princess? All right, princess. He's going to take you now. Yeah, lovely okay. girl. Okay. Well, anyway, do you want to thank us all for being in your corner? <laughs> I want to thank you. You were okay, a nuisance. Well, thank ninety-nine percent of everyone else. <laughs> um, thank you guys for visiting Reddit Corner with Becca and Kev. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.